This is Jason Martinez from Flyers Daily, and you're listening to the Flyered Up Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Florida Podcast. I am your host, Stamadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. Tyson will join us for a different episode in the future. We are always live streaming on the Painted Lines, TV Sports, and Flyers Fan Mania 93. And for people who don't turn tune into the live stream, it's always going to be on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast at. So um, I'm going to put it bluntly here, very, very bluntly. What the fuck was last night? What the flying fuck was last night, man? <laughs> I'm sorry for being vulgar, but like, I, I you just got to let it out at this point. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't expect that. Wow. Um, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that that game was. <sighs> it was something that, that, that's frustrating. That's. That is, um, yeah, that, that game was not great. Um, listen, the first period, every game this season has been abysmal. I don't know what it is. Like, you can't start a game on time. There's no, like, it seems like everybody just kind of is, like, so lackadaisical. Like, nobody really knows what they're doing, like, Every pass is either two feet behind or ahead. No one's in position for a pass. If it's a forward, the defenseman can't move it out quick. It's like, oh, my God. It's turnover city in their own zone. And, like, it seems like every first TV time out of every game, which is around, like, the 1340 mark, I feel like, is what I always notice, they start to play better. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but they just start to play better. They wake up. And, like, they kind of get into that like groove of like getting some offensive pressure. They kind of did that late in the first last night. They had a good second period. They got the tying goal. The shots were pretty even. Like that was an even hockey game. First period was bad. But again, the second period was good. And then the last 830 of the third period, it, it, it was like they just forgot how to play hockey. You, you took three penalties that cost you the game. You give up three power play goals. And you again for the second time this season against Boston, you blow a lead. You got three straight games where you've blown leads. You had a two nothing lead against the Islanders. You bl- blew that and went in overtime. Three one lead going into the third against the Islanders. You blow that. You still win in overtime. And now another three one lead in the third period that you got two goals in the third, and you still blew that lead uh, and gave up the tying goal with what like four fifteen seconds left at least. Yeah, so that's three straight games with blown leads. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. That That's a game where I feel bad for Hart because he was fantastic after the goal 12 seconds in. He was dialed in. And he's looked very good since that 6-1 blowout against the Bruins. Yeah. And that was a game that I wanted them to win for him, and it sucks because 
You had a couple. I mean, I mean, I know you said it before. Like they had a couple chances to score on the empty net there, and then they. Uh, I mean, some of the penalties are just so stupid. Like, why is Albi Cabell doing that? It's just dumb. Um, the Hayes one, as we talked about before, is like that's not a penalty I think should be called with two minutes and a second left in the third period in a one goal game. If you're going to let them play like you essentially did all night, that's not a penalty you call. But nevertheless, Hayes did hook them. That is a penalty. But I don't know if I would call that. Um, so I understand why that was called, but I don't agree with it because, you know, it, it's it, it's just bad timing. Um, and then the Lawton one, I, I don't even understand what the, the what he was doing there. That the just didn't make any the sense. one pissed me off the most. Yeah, I, I it looked like after when I saw it again, it looked like Lawton didn't see the puck, and then I guess he I guess he maybe thought Corrali had it or what. But he was just like, oh, let me just hit him. Like, that's clearly interference. Dude, Stevie Wonder could have saw that. Like, I, I, I don't – like, oh, my God. It, it's just aggravating, man. And just, like, looking through last night's game, it was, like, exactly, like, right after they lost. Because I knew there was positives to take out of this game. There definitely was. But it was just, like, that loss was so heartbreaking. That loss was so gut-wrenching. To where it's oh I can't, I can't I can't I can't I can't take any positives out of this because of how bad you lost that game. I can, and I'll say this: like I thought, some I don't think anybody actually had like a bad game. To be honest, I don't think any player had a bad game. Um, I think their game consistently in recent games has gotten better. Like they have been able to you know consistently play through periods. It's just the first period. The first period is bad. I'll say that. But like they, it's gotten better. I think you've noticed that the the special teams was bad last night. It, it's it's got to be better. But again, there's no reason to put your team in a situation where you have to continuously kill penalties against a scorching high power play that comes into the game thirty percent, and it isn't even. I don't even think it was top three in the league at thirty percent. Thirty percent. I think there were nine for thirty going into last night's game on the on the power play. Like I, I mean, Pasternak was. In, insane. Oh, I saw a stat. He had level. he has thirty eight shot attempts in three games played. Thirty eight in yeah. three, three games. He's got five goals already. Yep. He had like, two goals. He had two goals the last game against the Capitals, and he had the hat trick tonight. And he completely undressed Ghost on the fir- the very first goal of the game. I was just like, okay, it's gonna be one of those nights for Pasta. Yeah, you, you could tell he was on it from the, the the start. I mean, once he had all that room, I'm like, oh god. And then he makes the move. I'm like, mm, and then it's in. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm just like he do, he do, he does the fancy move. He does all of that. But then you get so lucky it goes off pro for off stick. I think that's what made me so mad. It's like you did all of that and you bounced it off of someone's stick. I'm like, I, I it looked like he tried to send a pass over and it went off. It did look like it. It did look like it. Yeah. It, <laughs> It, that that loss sucks, dude. It's it's aggravating because it was right there in their hands, and that's the second time this season, again against the same team, where really you should be two and one against Boston, and you're now zero one and two. Yes, yes. I mean, it's like I know you got the point in this game, you really did, but it's like I don't feel good having it. I, I don't feel good having this point just because of how bad the game was blown. I feel like I like them. I mean. I mean, they got a point out of it, yes, but they should have had two. They should have had two. They there's did. no, there's they no reason have. to lose that game. It, no, it, no reason to know. It's like, it is so like, 
how do I describe this? It's like it like when Bergeron scored that, I wasn't even like I was just like, oh my god. Like I, I I was still annoyed like waking up this morning. I was like, how did they lose that game last night? Mm-hmm. And and yep. that's how that's how it feels. It's like I, I don't know, man. I mean, listen, I'm fine with them with them losing games, but they haven't lost a game where I felt good about them losing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's fine to lose, and I shouldn't say that because like obviously I don't feel good when they lose. But like I'm trying to explain this the best way possible, but in the four games they've lost, it's two blown leads and two games where you didn't show up at all. Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's a bad it's a bad way to lose. They realistically this team should be nine and two. They should not be seven two and two. Because when like a good loss is is when you're battling the entire game, it's 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 close for an entire sixty minutes. It's back and forth. Okay, maybe you fall in a couple of final minutes, but you had a good game. People, you didn't make glaring mistakes and you didn't take three glaring penalties to where you co- lost the game for yourself like literally who does it's... scott lawton think he is for literally just ramming someone on the boards like i don't like that's still pissing me off i i don't understand yeah i mean i i think the one thing that's that's the most aggravating is it's it's nothing about the team it's nothing about any individual it's nothing personal or talent wise like we all know this team is good we all know they have the talent to win and we all know they have the the talent to compete you know in in the whole season but like they shoot themselves in the foot like many times and i'm not talking like just the third period i mean i mean the first i mean every game essentially like they've had many games where they have had turnovers no forward ready for a pass. I, I mean, I don't know how many times I got to say it. No forwards ready for a pass. Every pass is either two steps behind. Was I the only one who noticed last night that it didn't look like Konechny could make a single pass? Like, no, I, I, was I, I the only one who noticed that? Or no, I think why? everyone else noticed it. Um, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but they're killed with the matchups. And obviously not having Couturier doesn't help because that's one of the reasons why that line was so dominant. Um, that that the uh, Pasternak line. Um, listen, the, w- this team once they get Kateria back, it's going to feel a lot stabilized on defense. And I think once they do, there's going to be a certain level of play that they're that they're going to be, and they're not really going to go under that. You know what I mean? Like they're going to start to play better consistently in the first period. But like their starts are terrible, and I feel like every year they always have a bad first period. Every single year. They just cannot start a game on time. They just can't. And if they do, they end up they finding a way to blow it late. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just like, you know, it shouldn't take you like they got their first shot on net at 10, 10 of the first period last night. And it was a, it was a, oh my God. It was a whiff of a backhand from Bunneman, your fourth line, your fourth line. Like at least each line's got to have two or three shifts by that ten minute mark. Your fourth line, oh my and god! What also frustrates me too is like when you were talking about the first period, like exact. It, it felt like no one knew how to make a pass. No. It felt like no one knew how to accept a pass. And what frustrates me with when the Flyers score the first goal is where was that in the first period? It's yeah. you can make like how good that passing play was. To set up that Hayes goal, why can't you do that consistently? Like, what takes you so long to figure out how to make a pass? 
to figure out how to make a good pass because that play thing, from Hayes was second, excellent. And, and 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 in the second period, it was fine. Like even at the start of the period, that goal was a four minutes left. Even at the start of the period, the passing was fine. It should it just shouldn't take you a full twenty minutes to actually generate some offense. And surprisingly, they ended the period tied in shots, eight eight. I'm like, Th- that's still surprising to me. I'm like, what? I know because I think a lot of them were just like, you know, off the rush kind of easy saves for Rask. Like, I know JVR set up Ghost for a one timer. That might have been their best chance. I know Lindblom. Was that in the second or no? It might have been the third. Lindblom had a nice chance in front yeah, of that. I think it was in the third period. Yeah, he had that chance. Um, like I, I, I don't know, man. It's aggravating because they we know that they can play better. And again, it's 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 the it's the little it's little things. Like it's like, oh my god, it's it's mental mistakes. I've I've never seen a team like take so long to move the puck. Like when the forward gets it. There's either one or two Bruins on them like that. And then when everything collapses, they're reaching, they're swinging at it. They just get it over the blue line. Wait, wait, and I love this. I love this. They get it to the red line. They dump it. Oh, we're just going to go change. Yeah. Let's just change. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No wonder why it takes you so long to get into a game. Every time you get the puck, you got to dump it in, and then you're changing because you've been stuck in your own zone for 30, 30 seconds to a minute, and you're gassed. Like it's it's so aggravating because they have so much talent on this team, and when you start to play like that, it, it it's it, it's the reason why they give up so many shots. It's the reason why they give up a lot of goals as much as they score, which is so weird because I think it shows how talented they are that they don't they still don't get as many shots, but they score goals. You know what I mean? Like I think their their goal differential. I think is plus two right now. Yeah, it's 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 still positive, but it's just if it's weird that it's still positive though. I know because they give up so many shots. Yeah, but like but, but like the goaltenders have kept them in every game. Yes, like, they have. In the three games Moose has played, he's kept them in the game early, where the shots were like in each game the shots were six nothing, six one, and seven one in that order of the three games Elliot played, where it was Buffalo, New Jersey, and uh, the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Hart is pretty much the same thing. If not, Hart is either gives up a goal early because of bad defense or just a nice play like we saw last night. Or and then well, I should I should add to that that he comes back and he's fine, where he made some unbelievable saves last night. And you know what's a great turning point in that second period? That Sean Corrales breakaway shorthanded. Yes. If he scores that, that's two nothing. Like, who knows what like that game would have been a lot worse. You know it what I mean? It definitely would have. Um I think all the momentum is like that power play was terrible that mm-hmm. they had. And, that, and that's a thing where like you could have got some a little bit more momentum. They kind of did. That broken stick by McAvoy obviously helped because they obviously had the odd man situation on that too and scored. But like it just seems like a lot of time it, it doesn't seem like they pass up as many shots anymore, though. It seems like they're starting to pick up the offense. But like defensively, it takes them a while to get into a game. But I think this is kind of the same issues they kind of had last year, though. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of last year, they took them a while to get into the first period. Like, we didn't – like, I'm going to be honest with you. Did we really know what kind of team this was last year until that nine-game winning streak? No. No, we didn't. And obviously we didn't because why? Well, they lost in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to know the way a team looks until, like, they actually are, like, you know, a full season's played. You know? it Like, it's so early to be so negative on them, and it's so early to be so positive – because 
it's just not there yet. So I, I don't really know what to say. This team is making it really easy to be frustrated, though. <laughs> they're like, it's it's still weird saying like they're seven two and two, but it's like this is the most frustrating seven two and two team I've seen. They they're so like frustrated. Like they what? play like they're five hundred at times. They play like they're below five hundred. <laughs> At times, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes they it feels like they're a peewee team that just got on the ice for the first time. They don't. I think the Knights on ice was better than that first period, dude. Probably. You, you could have tortured people on death row watching that first period. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I know you, it, I know you quoted a commenter from last podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from Sean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's so aggravating, man. And I said that last night, and then I kind of sat there and chuckled for about like ten minutes, thinking to myself that that was funny, but like. <laughs> It's um, it, it it's so annoying because it's like, man, we know this team is better, and like I am so tired of these people on Twitter. Where like, if they're one game, it's like, oh, they just trade this guy. Like, there's a tweet I saw today that says like, trade like Konechny, Farabee, or Limblom for like a young defenseman. I'm like, just just stop there, please, please stop. <laughs> like, what would that have anything to do with this team? It's just it's just someone frustrated about the loss and saying they should trade somebody. That's all it is. Yeah, I know. Like the main gripe now with a lot of people is like the main the common thing that I see is like they they think the team is really just not physical at all, and that's not the makeup of the team. Like, yeah, you have some guys that are physical. You have Lawton can be physical. What in physical though? Like physical, like fighting or hit physical or fu- uh, or like puck battle physical. Uh, that's the thing. I I think because they're, that's they're trying my to like, thing like hit physical. I think. Albi Kuba had five hits last night. Because when because a lot of people that they bring up in terms of physicality, they always say Sandheim is way too soft. He gets hit off the puck way too much. They say Myers is soft. He, he gets hit off the puck way too much. I wouldn't agree with Myers. Myers uses his body. Sandheim though, I agree. He he he's got to use his body more. What is Sandheim? Six three, six four. That's the th- that's the thing. He like a lot of these guys are like so big, but the way Sandheim's game has developed, even in the junior years, he never had to be a physical defenseman. He was always just like this two way guy. He was skilled <laughs> offensively. He wasn't really. It's like physicality. You have to, I guess, develop that into your game from the very beginning, and it's hard to bring that into your game when you've played for so long. I think if you know what I'm talking about. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's like repetition. It's hard to do things when you consistently. You know what I mean. It's hard to yeah. change it. Yeah, I like I do like for the defensive side. Yeah, Haig is a very physical guy, but Haig has not been good this season. No, I I don't. I I feel like I, they do like maybe need that. Like you, we were talking about this before the podcast. Maybe you go out and get a veteran depth guy that can also add some physicality on the blue line. That's probably the only move they'd make. Yeah, like they're not getting anybody else. No, I and don't if see that. If anyone thinks they are, then I, I don't really know what to tell you because they're not going to get it. They don't need help on offense. They don't need help on any top pairing of defense. The top four, they don't need help with. What they need help with is a bottom pairing veteran defenseman that can move the puck out of their zone. Braun and Hag don't move the puck out of their zone. They whip it around the fucking boards, and that's it. That's all they do. Like, and it's so aggravating <laughs> because there are so many other times where guys like Ghost or Sanheim or Myers or even Provorov make the right play and they just don't, like, do it. You know what I mean? Like, because they just can't, like, offensively, they are two total liabilities offensively. Like, Braun doesn't have the offensive skill to even shoot, I don't think. No. You know? 
Hag last year looked like he could hit the he could hit the net every time. This year, you can't. He, he sends headhunters and missiles over the glass, and it led to a goal for the Islanders. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I don't understand why it takes this team that long to get into a game when the other team is on you from the hop. Like, is there any like explanation for that? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Terrible habits, terrible, terrible habits. I think. Yeah. It's it's funny too, like talking about Justin Braun. The more I see him play every single game, the more I get tired of him. And one of the moments last night was, I think it was one of the chances for Boston in the offensive zone, and Hart didn't make the save on it, but Hart just, not I mean uh, Braun just fell flat on his ass. And it was just like, yeah, that's Justin Braun's summary for you right there. <laughs> I, I remember that it was the the McAvoy backhander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he, like he was just standing still, parked in front of the net, and the guy behind him, the shot came, and he's just like, "Oh, where's the shot at?" And he fell on his ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of it is, some of it is so aggravating to where, like, oh my god, like it makes me sit there and like grind my teeth. I'm like, are you serious right now? It, may, it makes me sit there saying, "I'm, I'd rather have Nate Prosser in the lineup. I'd rather have Nate Prosser in the lineup." <laughs> Listen, it's funny too because Proster had a good game. I don't know why they didn't give him a dunder chance. That's how I kind of feel about Freeman too. Like Freeman played at what a game and a half because he got injured. I think so. And he, he, he had like a a couple duds of a penalty, drew a penalty, and like that was really it. And he kind of got exposed a little bit. And it was just like you know, I I don't. I don't know, man. I I think this year it's like they they I guess they kind of are, are implying they don't have margin for error. And if you're not going to take this long into the season, like we already have what forty four games left. I think so. No, 45, 45 games left. It's somewhere. It's somewhere around the mid forty. Yeah, they played. They played eleven. They got forty five games left. It, it's like they need to consistently play better as a group from the start. I, 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 don't, I don't really know what else to say. Like, wake up. It's, <laughs> I, would it's, like to, I would like to actually, like, enjoy the game when, when, when the puck drops. It's funny because you mentioned that. First, I think during our conversation, my Alexa clock just randomly picked up what our voices or something like that. So it was just like, I didn't catch that. But, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> my, my clock just randomly talked to me in the background. It, like, threw off my concentration. But, like, still, just, like... Yeah, like talking about the like the no room for error. Like, definitely, you're a very shortened season. There's no room for error. I can understand why Elaine Vigneault is so like strict and especially more forefront with the accountability right now because that's because you like you said every game matters, every single point matters, and you can't be giving points away. Yeah, so, especially again, they should be nine and two. They should not be seven two and two. That's two games against Boston where you blow blow game blow uh, leads like that late and it, it's just it's aggravating man it really is yeah ex- like what uh flyers 28 says right here in the live chat this team needs to wake up i'm done with the blowing the leads yeah like i i think and also i think i was talking about this during the watch party too one of the commenters in the live chat was saying maybe the flyers needed to lose this game in order for them to wake up maybe that's also a thing didn't we say that after the 6-1 game and the other 6-1 game I'm not sure. And the, and the other 5-4 shootout loss. 
I don't think we said they needed to lose that game. I think this is the game they needed to lose because you you were on a four game winning streak coming into this. You had two two games in a row where you blew two goalies. Yeah, you won those in overtime. This time you played a much better team in the Boston Bruins. I because the Devils suck. The Islanders they're not as good as last year. I still think that team is missing something, but Boston is just on another level, and they expose you for those mistakes, those penalties, and. I feel like a team like the Islanders or the Devils, they wouldn't take advantage of that. A team like the Boston Islanders wouldn't. The Islanders did. They, they took advantage of it twice to the Flyers' mistakes and erased the, uh, the the leads they had. Because that's the thing. The Flyers got away with it because they won in overtime. Yeah. This game, they didn't get away with it. No. And listen, I wouldn't say that they had to lose because they were winning. Like, they, they scored the third period and added another insurance goal. There was no reason to to take the penalties is the issue. And no, definitely not. I, I I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think they, they would have had to lose because, again, you're only playing teams in your division, and you that's all you can worry. It's all you can handle. You can only handle the team in front of you. You know, you can't worry about if this team is bad or what. Um, you know, like I look at it like, like Tampa, um, for example, like playing Detroit, right? They can only handle the Red Wings when they play the Red Wings, you know? Um, when does Coots come back? It was seven to ten days the other day, right? Yeah, I think that, that's Fletcher. what Fletcher said he was hopeful for. Yeah. I, I still think they're not going to fully rush him back. I feel like they're going to give him as much time as he needs. Because yeah. I think that's still – like if – like since – that's still like the positive thing that they're like they're 7-2-2 seven, two, and two is they don't need to rush Coots back. But like, yeah, it's, it's still a glaring issue that Coots is missing. But like, say if the team was like more around the 500 mark, I'd say they would probably try to rush Coots back, which I think this is a better thing to give him as much much time as he needs. I'd rather have him back at 100 percent rather like than 75, 80. Against yeah, Washington, I, th- I think he's going to be back before the outdoor game. I think that he's going to be oh, back yeah. around that point. Mm-hmm. And then we got tales of a failed life saying, "I'm still angry." I God, I hate Boston. I hate Boston too. <laughs> Dude, Brask is 17-2-4 against the Flyers. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that, but it, when you think about it, all the recent wins against the Bruins are like Halak in that. Halak was in the net. Yeah. The uh, the home game with the shootout. Yeah. That Halak was, was in the net. Um, the uh, shootout in Boston, Halak was in the net. Far- yeah, the Farabee winner. Um, the, the, the shutout at home, Boston won. That was Rask in the net. Uh, oh, the 1819 season when Coots had the hat trick, Halak was in there. That was Halak. Wait, was the um the round robin game? Was that Rask or was that Halak? That was Halak too. Remember Rask left? Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So recent years when they beat Boston, it, yes. Thank you, self inflicted wounds. It's the one of the from Stacy's dad. <laughs> yes, Stacy's dad with the good input. The the self inflicted wounds. It, it, it's the most aggravating thing. I've been saying it all season. All season. That's why I keep saying there's no reason to be worried. Because everything they do, they shoot themselves in the foot. Like, like oh, God. Then we got Alex Smith saying they need to pick up the defensemen, but this team is still slow. Happy they played a good second period, but don't think they are good enough just yet. Record is not what it should be. It's like what we're talking about. Like, maybe getting just a depth veteran blue liner. That can, like you said, Chris, that can move the puck, provide a physical presence, and can – help mentor these guys better than what Braun is doing. You know, you know who's one guy I would have loved that cool. just cleared waivers? Coburn. I would have loved Comer back here. Uh, that's the thing. That's that's the thing. I know. He's like, another veteran defenseman that's, I shouldn't say played the system, 
with a team before. Obviously, you've got to play a different system with AV system. But the thing is, is I don't think they want to sign anybody because one, they're tight with yeah. cap. Two, I think they I think they I think they would rather use guys that they have. Like if they saw Prosser, they would probably want to use Prosser again. And yeah. I'm fine with that. That's perfectly fine. He's a 39-year-old veteran that's played in the NHL before. And I believe was he assistant captain with the Wild? Uh, he might have been. I don't and know. Pro- I think Prosser's 34. And he's not I don't think he's 39. Prosser's 39. No, he's not. He's 34. Nate Prosser, he's 39 years old. He is 34 years old. <laughs> Nate Prosser. Yes. I might be wrong on this, but I remember seeing he's 34 years 34. old. Oh, he wears number 39. That's what that is. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. That, that's what it was. I actually, no, somebody on – no, listen, hear me out. Somebody on Twitter when he was playing said that he wore number 34 and he was 39. Oh. That's why I got confused. <laughs> That is yeah, my bad. It, that's, that's all good right there. Just look. <laughs> I didn't know Prosser was thirty nine. We, we need something to laugh about now. But um, like going back to the Coburn thought, like yeah, I did. I did see some people that say like, oh, it would be nice to bring Coburn back because yeah, it's another. Vet. Like I agree. Yeah, it's a it's a good veteran presence. He's a guy that could be a mentor. He's won a key won the cup last year with the with the Lightning. But the one thing that would make me just like. It's just like, okay, I think he's just at the end of his career. He got waived by a terrible team in Ottawa. Ottawa sucks. Oh, my and God. I, I, think, I think that might be why he didn't get picked up. Yeah. Because he's he's at the end of his career. And I think I think he was on like his last leg with Tampa, honestly. But I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a weird situation because the Flyers could do a lot of things right now. Yep. But they could also just wait it out, and that's what I think they'll do. Because again, they've proven they can win without Couturier. They've proven they can win with this defense. They've won six games without your number one center. Yeah, you know. I still think if they're going to like make a minor move or anything like that, it's, it's going to be at the trade deadline. That's that's yeah. that's what I expect. And I, again, it'll just be like depth. Yeah, you know, it's what they did last year. They they got depth guys. Yeah, and they wouldn't have had to if they didn't have the injuries. Yeah, of Patrick and, and uh, Oscar with the cancer. Yes. So they don't. Yeah, they might not, but I would like them to add something um, <clears throat> if, if it's available. When is the trade in line? I think it's somewhere in April. It's I think it's like the end of March or the begin, the very beginning of April. Or it could be the middle of April, too. I could be wrong about that as well. I know, I know it's around the end March, middle of April, around that period. Then we also got a comment from Tales of a Failed Life saying, in every recap, I hear the term puck watching way more than I should. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to constantly say it every time more than I would like to. Then we, then we got a Philly sports error saying, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Alex Smith saying, Tony D'Angelo, and now I wish we had a pure goal score like line, but I'm not giving up, giving them connecting or Proveroff, even though I believe Myers is our number one defenseman right now. I do not want Tony D'Angelo. I think he's a cancer, and I'm going to state it as that. Yeah, uh, D'Angelo's a no-go. Um, I, I don't even understand what line A would have done for their game last night, but okay. Um, connecting or Proveroff doesn't make sense. Um yeah, I, I I don't I don't understand the whole line. I think we're still on that. You know, I, people I really, are, I really people are going to be on that until the day, the day it ends. God, people are going to be on the line a bandwagon until like he says he's not going to stay in Columbus or whatever like that. And his first game in Columbus wasn't good. 
<laughs> I actually watched him that game. He didn't did. look horrible. Um, Columbus is just bad. Like they're just bad defensively. Yeah, they're just not good. Like I, I don't think they, I don't think they know if they're retooling or they're rebuilding. I think they're kind of in that state of the Flyers from a, a few years back, where they're like, I honestly think the management probably wants them to rebuild, but I think Tortorella probably thinks that they have enough there to to work Compete. with still. Yeah, yeah, especially in that division. Like I, I could like, I could see them squeaking in as the four. I feel like you can say the same thing about the Rangers too. Like if they're if they don't know if they're retooling or rebuilding. The Rangers are in a rebuild, but they're because, getting it's it. funny. It's fun be, it's funny because they said it was going to be a retool, not a rebuild, though. That was the thing. And that's the thing. I think it it's weird because I, I personally look at them as as they're in a rebuild because they literally had a whole core and it was gone. Of mm-hmm. guys like Hayes, Zuccarello, Girardi, McDonough, um, obviously Lundqvist and Net, like all of those guys are gone. They had Stepan, um, who else am I thinking of? Brad Richards, Brian Boyle, Haglin. They had Gabrick for a few years. Obviously, these are kind of at different times. Some Rick guys, Nash. yeah, Nash. Um, who else am I thinking of? Who was one of those guys? Oh, uh, Moore, Dominic Moore. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of other people too. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk was on there Shattenkirk, too. Yeah, they had a bunch of guys, and like, I I kind of looked at them as like a rebuilding slash retool because there was there was definitely were you know spots they had to rebuild and yeah. spots they had to retool. Like, I think their defense is like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's tough because I think it's kind of a mix of both. Honestly, I still think their defense is still is way too young. Oh yeah, their whole team is too young. That's why yeah, their, their whole team is way too young. It's they, like they it's have, like the situation the Devils are in. Playing their top pair the other night. Yeah, like that's. I they rely a lot on the wrong, the young guys, and when they're not clicking, it's it's not going to work. Yeah, and I know uh, Lafreniere. He did get a couple of points like a week ago, but I I think he's not he's not like tearing up the score sheet. I guess as as most people expected him to. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, I don't I don't even know who he's playing with on the line to be honest. Yeah, I, I know. He, I don't think he's playing with Panarin or Zuccarello. I think he's. I think he's put it being put on the second or the third line. You mean Zabinajad? Yeah, yeah, not Zuccarello. Zabinajad. I, I, I had Zuccarello say, on the mind. Zuccarello is on the Wild. Yeah, Zuccarello was one of the guys they also got rid of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my brain is scrambled now. And then we also got a uh, comment from Tyler McMahon. Um, oh this again york was a nice piece but i can't believe we passed up on caulfield okay we're not going to go into that situation <laughs> I, I i feel like if the flyers got caulfield i feel like they'll find a way to be mad at him too <laughs> like flyers fans just find any way to be angry i think that's just philadelphia sports in general alex smith saying line a and J- are you talking about johnny gaudreau i'm assuming when you point out johnny so maybe who knows I, I still do believe at the end of the day, Goudreau is going to end up on the flyer some way, somehow, but not right now. Um, Sean Fitzpatrick saying, harped on two things last year in the postseason, lack of physicality and lack of sustained pressure. Right now, both problems still exist. Uh, this is something that came out a little bit ago from what? Sam Carcitti. A few days ago, Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher told me he recently had COVID-19 and was sequestered in a hotel for a week and that he wanted it kept quiet. I honored his request, but it became public today, and I can verify it's true. And thankfully, Fletcher is now feeling fine. Oh, Fletcher had COVID? Yeah. 
Oh wow! So I'm assuming that, that, yeah. So uh, this this was tweeted at twelve twenty nine today. So a little bit over half an hour ago, like thirty five minutes wow. ago. Um, I didn't expect that to be a thing. Yeah. Um, maybe that's also him, maybe that's also why he got um a depressor on Monday. Maybe just like so the, he's he's back the, and everything. Depressor on Monday was actually because the Flyers PR asked the media if they wanted to talk to Fletcher to talk to Fletcher and give AV an off day. They all agreed. That's, that's literally all it was. It wasn't anything like crazy. I thought it was going to be like Niskanen is coming out of retirement or something, <laughs> but like that, that was, was literally the slimmest. Like it was nothing crazy at all. That was funny um, because I, I know like during that morning they were like Fletcher made a joke on the radio. Oh, if Niskanen does want to come back, we have a spot for him, but he's like too happy. He's, he's having too much fun ice fishing right now. So yeah. that, that would, that would be very funny if, if uh, Niskanen pulled a, uh, a fisher and came back or like a Justin Williams and came back. Yeah, that dude. Do you understand how much that would do for this offense? A lot. Like, what would dude Gustafson would be like? <laughs> like, what would happen with Gus if Niskanen came back? Like, would he even play? Gus wouldn't be playing. Gus would not be playing. Uh, I gotta read this. I harped on two things last year in the postseason: lack of physicality, lack of sustained effort. So, uh, uh, Sean, I don't know. I mean, physicality, eh, maybe, but like. We have nothing to trade to bring in needed. What? What? That? That's not true at all. Um, they have just about everything if they were to make a trade. Um, the problem is they're not going to make a trade just to make a trade. No, well, there's no point. They, they they have just about all the depth that you can think of to make a trade. And then we got tales of a fair life saying when I. When I say lack of physicality, I'm not talking about fighting every game. It will definitely, yes, I know that's what you mean. You. I'm I just, see, ta- I'm just thing, yeah. talking about how incredibly easy it is to muscle them off pucks to to set up shop in front of the net just too way too easy. Yeah, there, yeah, there is it a missing out of your number one center too. That that also was a reason too. Like you could, and then a Philly sports era saying, is there, a, is this defensive lapse all because of Coots or is there a bigger problem? It's sample size if it's Couturier, but it's not all Couturier. It's like they don't play good as a team in the defensive zone, but Coots would obviously help. Yeah, he would definitely help if the. That's a, if um I'm I'm trying to think, if Coots does come back, and I know that's like a week and a half away at this point. If like some of those defensive issues, like even though like it'll be better with Coots, if like some of those issues are still happening, like they'll they'll find a way to fix it. They'll they'll find some way to fix it. And then you got Alex Smith commenting here again. You have to love Johnny Gaudreau, and I love Cam York, great puck moving defenseman. Then where did Cole Caulfield coming in on this entire situation? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this. Yes. Coots comes back. Who are you putting him on a line with? Hmm. Because okay, hear me out. I'm either doing G, Coots, Voracek, or G, Coots, um Farabee. Farabee? For how good Farabee's played, you could do Konechny too. I'm I'm trying to think because Farabee and JVR have had such good chemistry in the past so many games, so I don't even know if you want to break that up. That's so the like, thing too. Like, I would, and I think I would, Giroux with Patrick is looking good. And I would think that's that's why I kind of like like G and Jake have played really good. Yeah. So yeah. I would I would keep G with Jake and just put Coots in the middle, like the veteran playoff line, like it was. I think that's probably their best bet. It's probably what they'll go with. To be honest, I think yeah, I think you have to put connecting with Couturier. 
just to like I guess give Konechny more confidence. Yeah, because right now I don't think he's playing with any confidence. He has some, not much, but he definitely could have more. Yeah, he definitely could have more than uh, Sean Sean Fitzpatrick saying maybe Lawton had COVID and it's affecting his decision making. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> And then Sean following up saying that they're not going to trade guys like Connecting and Sandheim. That's my point. They have talent, but they're not going to part with the talent. Oh, okay, good. That, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like they they have the talent to move it, but they're they're not going to. Then uh, Tales of a Failed Life saying Doctor Couturier could maybe fix t- Travis Connecting. TK, I've talked about Coots as always being that stick it guy. Like you stick somebody with him. Yeah. And that's struggling. And people and play. play and people play well with him. Yeah. And then Philly Sports Era saying who is having a better year, Farabee or JVR? I would say JVR. JVR overall has been the Flyers' best forward, I think. Yeah, I'd say both of them have been fantastic. Yes. Um, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say if anybody's playing better. I think they've both been equally good. For JVR being a veteran like that, and for Farabee being a young rookie with some really promising games, I, yeah, I I think both of them are playing really good. Yeah, they are. And we have Sean Fitzpatrick with another comment saying, "I hate the bash to kid after everything he has overcome." But when is the grace period over for Oscar Lindblom? When is he going to start contribute? When what is he contributing offensively? That's the thing. I mean, I you can't really say many negative things about Oscar, but like, I've kind of thought that too to myself. Is like, how long is it going to take him to get back to that physical form? I think he's still off that a little bit. Yeah, he is. So I, I think so. And again, I don't want to bash you know bash the kid because he, he's an unbelievable player, and obviously the, the story is fantastic. Um. But I, I think it's tough, you know, to to harp on him early in the year when he's coming off of everything and things like that. So I'm gonna I'm still gonna give Oscar time. I mean, he doesn't play power play or anything. So that is kind of a well, does he is he on the second unit? I think because the so second I unit he, it changes every game. Like yeah, I think I think he gets put off and on of it yeah. with the second unit. He's been on it a couple times, but nothing yeah. crazy. And now we also got another comment from Alex Smith saying JVR has an extra step this year. He's just moving. Yeah, JVR is doing Drew. like yeah. Drew is also two too. guys that are just they look quicker. Yeah, JVR is like doing the little things right. Like if he's forcing turnovers and that's what's leading to the goals. Led two goals last night. Led yeah, to the four check goal and it led to the uh, or no, not led to two goals. Led to the one goal, um, and it led to that Goss's fair chance in the first period. Probably their best chance of that period. The one time. And everything that he did on Sunday against the Islanders, a lot of those forced turnovers that that line yeah. did, it forced a Fairby to have the hat trick. That second goal was set up by JVR because he could have made a couple other plays. Yes, he could have either went behind the net. He just fed it right back to Fairby and he sniped it. <laughs> it just, you know what I mean? Like it's just little things like that that JVR is doing really well. Yeah. And then Sean saying, I'd he'd say the same thing about Nolan Patrick. We need a lot more from him. A lot more. Yeah. It seems like at times with Patrick that. It looks like he can fly, and, and other times it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just because he's young and he he's doesn't have the the he, he's not like mature enough. I, I shouldn't really say yeah, I guess mature enough to to play you know the top line minutes like that. And again, it's tough with with the injury to Coots because he'd be playing third line right now, and that's perfect for him. Yeah, and the the one thing with Patrick, I still think like he's still incredibly young, and I th- I still think there's so much untapped potential. In Couturier, because if you look back at one of the overtime games against the Islanders, one of those moves where he just flew into the zone. I know I understand it was three on three. There's so, there's so much space in the world, but what he was able yeah. to do, fly into the zone, set up his time to rip one that almost went into the net. 
Uh-huh. Like Patrick then, has the ability to do that. In that next game, in that overtime, he couldn't even handle the puck. Yeah. You know? It, it's weird because it seems like at times he's a little off like that. But again, I think uh I think, I think Patrick confidence. is yeah. Um I think it's just him being young too, you know. Yeah. yeah. Then we have uh Ed Mayer, uh Chris's father saying when Coots comes back, make sure the C is sewn on his jersey. Oh boy. I I could definitely sense Ed is a G hater and I don't understand that it's it's not that it's not that he hates Giroux it's just he 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 tells me one thing and then when I say that he said it he never said it you know what I mean (laughs) we got got physical proof right here though we got yeah he he told me the other day that or not the other day it was maybe a couple weeks ago that like they they shouldn't re-sign Giroux I'm like are you nuts what I'm I'm like what (laughs) What? Like, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, moving, moving on. <laughs> Ape Blink saying the Flyers made me pull my hair out last night. What a horrible, undisciplined way to end the game. <laughs> yep. That that type of way was a uh, very hair pulling out. And then Sean saying, so when are we sensing Prosser back in the lineup tomorrow? <laughs> I would like it, to be honest. I, I don't mind it. Um, my guess is Hag. My guess is probably the same lineup. Same lineup. And I don't see any. I don't see any reason why they should change it, because they play good. They just blew it. Yeah. So uh, we're getting very close to the end of this episode, but I want to bring up like one or two, one like little last detail before we end it off. So the uh, thing going on with COVID right now in the NHL, the mm-hmm. Devils they have over fourteen players on protocol list. The Buffalo Sabers their games are postponed through the ninth, and now the Wild they have a couple of their players on COVID. I think they have six on COVID protocol and their games are postponed now through a certain, like I think through the next week. So yeah, some teams are getting hit hard. They're getting hit really hard. And I wonder too, with the devils, since their situation is just flat out horrible at this point, they have 14 players. Like I said, how long do you think that's going to be until they're like, they're ready to play games because the flyers, I think play them after the uh, capitals. Am I right? I think they play them at home. Yeah. The, 11th i think it's like a thursday and a saturday they play the devils next i think no tuesday thursday i think it, it is again or no no it is a thursday saturday you're right yeah because yeah, i know um, they, they play the caps on 13th. sunday yeah they play the caps sunday tuesday and then the, the devils yeah, on thursday yeah. sat- thursday saturday yeah <laughs> yes like do you like do you think it's going to last into that long to where maybe those two games get postponed well it's 14 players some probably were put in it later. Or were were all of them put in at one time, or was it like some sure. got put in at different times? I, th- I if think it's some got put, put in at different in times. They might have enough guys. Maybe. Um, I don't know. It, it it's a it's a bad situation with the league because they should have never played those those afternoon games. And the problem they were saying on national TV last night was that when you play an earlier game. Your result doesn't come back until the next morning. Yeah. It takes 24 hours. So if you play an earlier game, there's more of a chance that you could have been, you know. Exposed. Yeah, exposed to, you know, to COVID and everything. It's um, it's not a good situation. And it, listen, we knew it was going to happen. It's just the, the thing is controlling it, and it, it doesn't seem like it's but it's weird. Like some teams get hit with it heavy and some teams, I don't even think have had a single problem. Like there's teams that got fans in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas got hit with it hard at the beginning of the season, but ever since then they've been fine. 
the mm-hmm. wild they got hit with they're getting hit right now the devil- once, you, once you get it you have antibodies for a you good do. amount of time i mean they don't last forever but you know they're they're yeah, there right. a good amount of time i think right now the the teams that have been hit the most are the devils and the dallas stars like the dallas at the beginning of the season and now the devils well vegas hasn't played either oh vegas hasn't played either Vegas, I think, has only played like five games. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. I know there are some teams that have played very minimal games too. I, I like. I did notice that, like on the standings as well. It's it's been a while since I've seen Vegas play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, their last game was January twenty sixth. Oh, jeez. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, it's February fourth. Oof. Had a couple games postponed. They play tomorrow against the Kings, and then Sunday uh, against the Kings again. But yeah, they. They've only played uh, six games. Sorry, um, seven. Oh. They um, like the Flames have played nine games. When the when the Canucks have played thirteen, Tampa's played eight. Florida's played six. Florida's gotten killed with it too. Oh yeah, Florida's gotten killed um, as well. Some teams in that division played eleven. Columbus, Chicago, and the Red Wings. Nashville's played nine. Um, pretty much everybody in the East is right around the same. Yeah. Um, either 10, 11, or 9. Flyers have played the most with 11. Um, and that, that's that's really pretty much it. I mean, the least amount of games for a team is Florida with 6 so far. But that's it's either 6 to the range of 13 is pretty much the average. Oh, jeez. Well, I like like a, I think what we said, like even going into the beginning of the season, like there, there's going to be these, I guess, scares. You're going to deal with that. Like the NBA has been dealing with some of that stuff. The NFL definitely deal with some of that stuff. That's what you have when you don't play in a bubble. Yeah. So you're definitely going to deal with situations like that. But the NHL, I think what's been beneficial is that they're only playing within divisional games. So if something does spread, it doesn't spread throughout the entire league. It only spreads, I guess, within that certain region. So I think that's what's something that's positive. So there's something to look into. And I'm going to leave the podcast off on this comment. Put Dwight Howard on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave the podcast off right there. So I think we're going to wrap it up. So like I said, for people that either tuned into this late or just haven't tuned in at all, you'll always find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast at. And also one thing that's interesting as well, it, I'm not sure if they put it on the Apple Pod or the Spotify, but if you see us on Anchor, you will be able to contribute to the podcast if you want to donate, if you want to just like donate like monthly or just like $1, $5. You can do that too. Anchor actually lets us, uh, people actually donate to the podcast and just like, the money that comes to us, we'll be able to use that, utilize towards the podcast and just make it better for everyone enjoying it right here. So that's something we, that's something that's really a uh, fun for us. If you want to contribute to that, everyone. So definitely go check that out. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe to the painted lines. Check out everything they do. Look at their Twitter page, their first pin tweet. You'll see the link to the public discord server. You get to talk with all of us about the frustrating flyers laws. You can talk Sixers. You can talk everything. Just forget, don't forget to follow the Painted Lines everywhere. Follow Flyers Fan Media 93 for Chris and follow him on Twitter at underscore Chris Mayer. You can subscribe to my YouTube page at TTP Sports and also follow me on Twitter at Amadeo Gracia 98. Go follow, follow the Flyer Up Podcast everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Flyer Up Podcast. And yeah, it's uh, the Flyers. Let's see if they can bounce back tomorrow against Boston because they definitely need to. So, any last remarks, Chris, before we end off the live stream? Just win tomorrow, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> For all of our sanity. Yeah. <laughs> For all of our sanity. So it's going to wrap it up. I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia. He is Chris Mayer. And we will see you next time. Everyone have a good day and hopefully let's go Flyers.